Thank you very much for downloading this podcast. This is the Wednesday Club. Ian's back from the toilet as always. He's always doing this on the Wednesday Club <laughs> intro. Oh, same old story. Um, the show was meant today. Uh, we had a good discussion, didn't we, Alex? I'm with Alex and Ian. Oh, yeah. um, we had a good discussion about Manchester United. Um, we talked about safe standing, went into depth about that. Our team of the week, which you'd leave nomads. Uh, stay listening to George. Uh, he's a top lad, George. And, um, yo, good show. Alex. It's a really good show. And Rate if your performance out of 10. Uh, I would give myself a, a classic nine. I was steady, a classic nine. I was steady, spectacular in parts, but yeah. you know, don't quite merit a full ten. Ian, your score out of ten for what? Just for the podcast performance. How good were you? It, what in the podcast from Forever Blue? <laughs> no, this podcast now. <laughs> I think that tells you how we haven't finished it. Don't ruin the magic. Don't ruin the magic of the podcast intro, Ian. <laughs> this is the podcast intro. How would you rate it was yourself? Brilliant. Out? It was. That's not, that's not a number. One to ten. How how'd you rate yourself? This is the word. I mean, six. Steady. You, you were steady six. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for for listening. Uh, make sure you subscribe and uh, rate us five stars. Well, it does really help us. Uh, maybe leave a question for us in the in the comments. Leave section. us five star. Rain or shine. People what? who remember five star the pop group will know that. Yeah, I'm I think, gonna, uh, think I'm your six go has now. just uh, gone down yeah, to I'll a be, five. Yeah, a solid four and a half now, Ian. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for listening. Enjoy the show. Tweet us IXS Manchester if you loved it. Um, yeah, thank you very much. Bye. This is the Manchester Football Social, the Wednesday Club. Good evening, my name is Joe McGrath and we are back. It is Wednesday, it's six o'clock, so you know what time it is. The Wednesday Club is here for you to sit back, relax and enjoy United City, whatever you support, an hour of football for you. With Alex Boardman, who is wearing his Manchester United shirt today. Hello. How you doing, Alex? Good to see you. Yeah, I, I always wear it for this. You do, you always have a Get smile on your mood. face as well. Get me in the mood. And Ian Cheeseman, is, uh, is he's wearing a, a brand new away kit. It's not been announced yet by Man City. This it's, this, it's white and it's got soup marks down it. <laughs> Uh, brand new uh, coming to stores in uh, I think it's a couple of weeks going to do a launch party for it uh, Ian's sporting it for you so you can see it brand new uh, Ian Cheeseman as well from Forever Blue uh, talking all things Manchester City and Manchester United for the next hour we've got our team of the week as well which we uh, we can tell you about later on uh, we're going to be talking about the Champions League draw which is happening tomorrow the boys excited in the studio because they get to see where they're going on their autumn holidays uh, as well as much much more but maybe there is only one place to start with a weekend's action. And I'll speak to Alex here. Hello, right. Alex. You OK? Yeah. I mean, the, I think they feel like the focus is on Alex, isn't it? We want to know what you hey, think. Hey, listen, I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> yeah. T- I'm looking forward to it as well, because Steve, Steve, who obviously is a member of the Wednesday Club as well, would come in here and he and he would he would sort of admit that, yes, things are, uh, you know, in a bit of crisis. Maybe he would start having a go at players, but you always have a more positive spring in your step, Alex. So when we talk about Monday's game, yeah. what comes to your mind that you want to say on a Wednesday club? Well, I think there were, lo- <laughs> I think there were loads away. of positives from Monday. I thought they were terrible against Brighton. I thought it was a, a rubbish performance and I thought the performance against Tottenham was gen- generally quite good. There were lots of things in that game that I've not seen from United for months and months. Uh, they, they won the ball back really high up the pitch. They created enough chances to have been two up by half-time. Uh, and then it was just the same old sort of story. One sucker punch goal from terrible defending. Then two minutes later, the game's over from, again, comical defending. And whose fault is that? Jones. Jones? Jones. the defending. Jones cannot put... How can Jones still get in that team? That's the thing that... I mean, he's injured now again. 
mm-hmm. which is uh, I keep I keep hearing things like oh give give a certain back four give them five games give them a ten game run well you can't play Jones for more than two games without him getting injured he lasted half, uh, three quarters of this game and he was abysmal uh, Smalling was not really any better and that's where I think all our problems lie again two defeats. Every single goal you can point to an individual centre half for making a mistake at, and that's the, that's all the Brighton goals, and that's all the Tottenham goals. You're a United fan. You sit there as a United fan, and you can absorb this in and come out with, you know, your points because you, obviously you know United. Probably yeah, yeah. People else. might but, think but, I'm but wrong. Then what people I'm going to say is the rest of the Premier League who look on United and made their voices clear online. And, the rest and of the Premier what League. What are they missing that you can't see? Is They've always done that. Look, people, United have been so successful for a lot of people's lifetimes so people want to jump on and and create problems that kind of initially weren't there problems with Mourinho I think most people now are right behind Mourinho Um, I am I am absolutely keep Jose Mourinho that's what I think well Well, I was I was gonna allude to uh, Ian Cheeseman having his say on the game because it was one of those moments where he was tweeting about uh, the football that was on at the time. You can go to over his Twitter. It's just Ian Cheeseman. Well, he's a, this he is was the lucky. Thing. And he he's was... I mean, what fan. were you saying, Ian? What were, your, what were your thoughts on the game? The first half, I thought, was abysmal from both teams. Uh, I, I laughed hysterically when Gary Neville said at half-time that he thought that was United's best first half for six years. And I thought, if that's the best, then what must the worst have been like? It was atrocious. And by the way, from both teams, they were giving the ball away so cheaply all the time. It was painful to watch. The second half, I thought Tottenham played a little bit better. Obviously, in that first half, Lukaku had a good chance, but equally, Tottenham had chances as well. In the second half, Tottenham seemed to get their act together a little bit better. And whilst I would agree with my learned colleague here, Mr (laughs) Boardman, that uh, the two centre-halves were were pretty poor, I I would add to that that uh, I thought that the right-back, which was highlighted in the the analysis afterwards, who helped to play everybody onside, was pretty abysmal. I still do not get what Paul Pogra is and what, what makes him special. Um, and in front of goal, Lukaku, well, he needs to get new boots because he does go in the wrong direction. I, I, I and, and all this stuff afterwards from Mourinho going and doing all this, uh, trying to make friends with the 10 fans that were still in the ground to show that they were all behind him, they were united. Well, there were, to be fair, there were thousands still in the And then his meltdown afterwards on TV. Oh. Respect, 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 man, respect, respect. What do you make of that, man? You earn respect. You don't demand you it. You earn respect. It. How do you earn respect? Is he surely you, with some respect? As he okay, says, he's obviously. won the league three times. He won, you know, he won the <clears> FA Cup with us. He won the UEFA Cup and he won the Charity Shield. And he's not. I think there is an agenda, firstly, against Mourinho because I think it'll be a fantastic story if he walks or if he's sacked. And I think that's what the press seems to be out to get. I loved this Mourinho. I've, I liked him for the last couple of weeks. Um, when United were on tour pre-season, he was soaking. It was like, oh, this everything's boding really badly for the season. But he seems to be now coming out really swinging, coming out fighting. And I think this is exactly what, when we say Mourinho, what I thought we'd get. And we've not seen it enough. And um, I, I really like that siege mentality feeling. And he... He is being let down by a number of players on, and there are there are there are lots of positives, um, but there's there's so many players just not quite 
delivering and he's still taking all the heat See, off this them. is one area that we do agree in, Alex and I, 100%. I do see lots of positives in United losing at home to Tottenham 3-0, so I, I'm with you on that. There were lots of positives. <laughs> when Ian game. picks apart Pogba and Lukaku, is it just a case of they had a bad game or is something not yeah, the majority yeah. Well, something isn't quite right because they didn't really... Well, they didn't go to America on the pre-season tour because they were both in the very late stages of the World Cup. Lukaku looks like he's probably only just about getting back into some sort of fitness. Pogba's played through and he's looking like he's forcing games and he's looking tired. But I, I don't, I don't see the huge, huge problems after that three 0 win. I see individual errors. I see a really good team performance that we should have been at least one goal up. Lukaku also had a header from eight yards out in the first half that would have been 2-0 before the possible penalty. And you can't, Mourinho can't do everything. He's got a team that's creating chances. It was really solid. But as soon as, I mean, that the defending from Jones on, on Kane, he's from a corner, he's no idea where the ball is. He gets not even an inch off the ground. To It was a good header by Kane, but it was unchallenged. The same with the third goal, the way Smalling just lets him go past him, doesn't take even a yellow card, doesn't try and hold him up. Matic and Jones for the second goal are way out of position and always struggling to get back. And it's those kind of things you go, well, they've worked all week. They've worked for season after season on this and they're still doing the same wrong things. And I think, you know, why why did we not get any centre-halves three, four weeks ago? I know ago? De Gea is seen as the, the greatest uh, goalkeeper He had a poor game, actually. He's had a poor couple of games. But when that, that goal that Kane scored... Do you not look at him and think he just watches it go past him into a big gaping gap in his net? Yeah, I think decent he, header, but from a long way out, you'd have expected him to have done better than that. Well, I you? think he's wrong footed, and I, I don't think it's unreasonable to expect a six foot three centre half to put some sort of challenge on. He doesn't do anything, he's, and he's really touch tight as well. He's, he's right on him, and he doesn't do anything. And I think he's more surprised than anything. Um, but De Gea's distribution the last couple of weeks has not been great. But he's playing in front of a different back four every single week. There's only Luke Shaw now <clears> guaranteed a starting, it looks like. And he's there's, there is a massive positive. He has responded well. He is playing well. No one impression. United squad in. No stood out. I've said uh, in the past, first of all, I think Mourinho's not what he was. And secondly, I think one matter should... If, if, if that was my team, I'd want him to start every single game. And at 2-0 down um, in the second half, I th the one fear I had at the back of my mind is if they bring matter on here uh, at home, you know, they could get back into this. And I was so pleased that he never came on. I don't know if he was on the bench, Matt, but he certainly never but came on. For four or five years since we signed Matter, um, he's just... He'll have a good game, but he just disappoints so much. Against Brighton, he was at fault for the first goal. He tries to track back, but just wafts a leg, doesn't really get stuck in. He will never beat a man. There is and, not there for that, is he? He's the, he's the creative spark. You know, you, you've got to have a creative spark. he isn't. Spark. Oh, this is the thing. He's, he's billed as it, and he's not really been a creative spark. He's had so many chances now. I mean, this is the other thing as well with the, with that team. There's a left wing and a right wing position totally up for grabs. You could argue there's one central midfield spot, possibly even a right back, and two centre half spots totally up for grabs. No one's coming forward and going, you've got to pick me every week. The only person you could say that about is Luke Shaw, actually. He's gone, right, this is my spot now, get it off me. And I don't think anybody will. How do you think United fans are feeling then at the minute with the rest of the season still ahead of them? Well, there's three games. This is the other thing as well. If you're younger, I can understand the way things are now, but I'm 45. I've seen much worse United teams than this. Finally, it feels like everyone's right behind the manager because 
I think most people are blaming the owners and Woodward for not getting in centre-halves, which we've been saying for three years, four years, we need new centre-halves. Mm-hmm. Johnny Evans was better than every single defender. We got rid of Johnny Evans, Van Gaal got rid of him. How much did Derek Bailly uh, cost? I don't know how much did Bravo cost. Well, no, what I'm not. How much did Nelly cost? I think Bailly is a decent player. Bailly's fine. He's, he's had one bad game and he, and he benched him for, for making schoolboy errors. But the way football is now, I mean, you can't ever throw that accusation about how much did anyone cost because City have got three left backs, probably three right backs. Do you not think the need? If, if you talk about obviously, you say, oh well, I know Mourinho was a bad manager, but there, there's a lot out there that they say suggest that Josie didn't get the players he wants or wanted in the in the summer transfer window, and you don't know if that also translates to last summer. So Pep Guardiola is the Manchester United manager. What happens if he didn't get the players he wanted? Surely then he, he would be one this. Player in. He brought one player. Yeah, in but no, no, no. Talking about, he's, talking he's about this one last before summer. That, I think. Last That's summer. The thing. So what I'm saying is, if Mourinho's struggling to get the players he wants. If that was translated to, to City and City weren't getting the players Pep wants, then surely then Pep would come under... You, you don't know what would happen with Pep, but he, Pep did get the players he wanted and then things have fallen into place for him. If if Jose had the same firepower... Pep, you could argue that Pep didn't get the players he wanted. He went to who Sanchez did he want? in January and he went to United. He went for Fred towards <coughs> the end of the season, he went to United. He went for Jorginho, he went to Chelsea. So those three players that if City were struggling now and the, the media agenda or the fan agenda was to say it's somebody else's fault other than Pep, they could say, well, they didn't deliver Sanchez for him, they didn't deliver Fred for him, they didn't live, deliver... Yeah, but that, that's in the case that him. you don't need Sanchez, you don't need Fred, United need centre-backs. Yeah, the best side, yeah. No, but United need centre-backs is what I'm saying because they invested why? heavily well, they, the summer before. they've actually got Phil Jones and Chris Smalling. Well, come two, on, none of them two. got in the England squad ahead of Harry Kane and, and obviously your man, Stones. None of them got. None of them are that good to play for England. So why are they that good they to, not, to play for Manchester look, United? I, I was away during the World Cup. I hold my hands up to that. So I, I, some of that bypassed me. But Smalling and Phil Jones are both England internationals. Well, Smalling didn't get a call up, and Jones did, was on the bench. Jones also. Was on the bench. So they're, they're Manchester United. Two centre backs. They're not good They're enough. Not even good they enough. Eric Bailly is clearly not good enough because well, no, the thing is, Bailly had Bailly had one bad game. He had one bad game, and you would bench anyone after a performance like that because it was naive. I, ju- I just think for, uh, you got it's going to be a long season, isn't it? <laughs> just, that's what I keep looking at. I think, do you know what? Third game in, we're crumb- I think it, crumbling. I don't think us. it is. I think it'll be a fun season, and I think it's going to be just damage. And I think everyone finally needs to totally get behind this team and uh, get behind that manager. And the problems, I mean, if he transpires nobody fully knows but if it transpires that they didn't sign who Mourinho wanted because they're trying to manoeuvre Zidane in that's one theory the other theory is that Glazers won't decided or we're not spending any more money I mean you're just going to get left behind in this league that's what history tells you Liverpool have really spent a lot City have got a massive squad and we need it. We really did need at least one decent centre half. Well, I was going to ask you, Ian. So obviously, the game of the weekend didn't get three points, but you will still be in it all the way to the end. Liverpool and City talking as a two-horse race. Do you see Tottenham getting anywhere near that squad? They've won all th- three yeah, games. Yeah, Tottenham are above them. Tottenham are two points do you, above. Yeah, but do you think at, at the end they will be? challenging you on for the that title. of that game that I watched on Monday, I don't watch Tottenham every week. Um, Tottenham looked okay, but they didn't look great. I don't think either of those two teams look great. Um, I still think it'll be between City, Liverpool and Chelsea, uh, the other team that I think, uh, you you know, not to write off. Um, 
Obviously, City slipped up at Wolves. You know, you want to move on and talk about that. I thought uh, Wolves played very well. Um, City obviously had a couple of decisions that went against them, a handball goal that, that, you know, if they'd been VAR would have been ruled out. Mm-hmm. Um, but nevertheless, I thought Wolves deserved the point. Um, I thought they were one of the best teams that City have actually played for on against on the day. We're not talking about by reputation or over a period of time, but on the day, in that stadium, that day, they deserve, I believe that's, that, that Wolves just about deserved their point and good, and good luck to them. And I thought they were backed by a terrific crowd, by the way, at Molyneux as well. Widest um, in the league, apparently, for a couple of years, that Wolves, Wolves crowd. They were good, Wolves. They were very, really, very good. really that, good. The, the crowd behind that goal, it's funny because I, I knew somebody who, I won't say who it was, <laughs> who was sat in the little Gene Kelly stand, um, which they have, Gene Kelly singing the rain, you know, the uncovered oh, right, stand. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and it was right next to the home end. And that person I uh, saw on Sunday down at Citizen Sunday and said, wasn't it quiet at the stadium? And I said, blimey, that's bizarre of you to say that because I actually thought Wolves' crowd was one of the best I've heard for ages. But it might have been because you were in the open air and you are right next to that stand, you couldn't actually hear it. But ah. I actually thought their crowd was, was terrific. It reminded me of Crystal Palace because they've got a, a real passionate uh, support base behind the, mm-hmm. the game as well. We're going to move. We're going to leave the weekend there. That's it. We talked about the weekend. Addressed it in the first section. But did we learn anything else from from that weekend? Liverpool getting three points. They weren't convincing. Convincing no, but, Liverpool, no, but were they? nothing like they weren't. Go, they, they've not faced a challenge yet. Um, so you you don't read too much into that, did you? And it's and, and tables mean nothing. I mean, I've seen City fans laughing at United on the thirteenth and everything. The table means nothing after three games. Uh, you've got to go ten games or so before it starts to look like a proper meaningful table. The worrying thing from United's perspective is obviously losing two. City lost two in the entirety of last season, and the the sort of quality that you need and consistency that you need to win a title now I'm not saying it's over don't get me wrong but to lose two of your first three you've got to go on a run now yeah it's got to be a massive run run. but they've done it they've done it before you used to be able to lose five and win it and now it probably is about two or three although that last year was such a freak year I think Liverpool are stronger and teams City City I think will lose lose more than two or three this year I love, I love when he says that. He's got a smile on his face, just reminding you, Alex, that he did get one. Fine, he's, he's three. It's three games in. The overreaction has been ridiculous. I agree. <laughs> I agree I as agree. well. I agree, agree as well. I'm just <laughs> laughing. Uh, this is Wednesday Club. I was watching just for some reason before. Obviously, I was doing a load of work to the boss who is listening. Load of work. Uh, I was just watching <laughs> montages of free kicks. I wanted to know just your personal favourite free kick of all time. Just a bit of fun. Just think about what it was. If it was a kid when you saw it, did it mean anything to you? A big game. Uh, text me what your favourite free kick was. Eight double seven double one. Got loads on Twitter to read out as well. And the gentleman in the studio, you've you've, you've thought of yours. Yeah, yeah, don't say now. No, don't say now. Have you got one, Ian? Oh yeah, oh yeah. And we'll be talking about that and much, much more. The Champions League draw. Yeah, yeah, Tory as well. Why not? Let's bring him into the uh, equation. And FA uh, back in safe standing uh, for clubs. Well, what does it mean going forward? We'll let you know about that and much more coming up right after this. Uh- this is the Manchester Football Social, the Wednesday Club. Good evening. You can always get in touch with us, by the way. Oh, this is the Wednesday Club with Ian and Alex. So I'll say hello, everyone. You're right. Hello, You're everyone. right, everyone. Uh, you can always get in touch with us, by the way. Excess Manchester. Drop us a tweet. 
Uh, you can email me as well. The email, instead of reading out on air, will be in the podcast description for you. This is a copy and paste. If you've got any questions you want to put to us. Uh, and, and listen to us again and again and again on the podcast. Make sure you leave five stars. That helps. Tell them to leave five stars, Ian. Leave five stars. Exactly. Please. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm here, obviously, uh, the Wednesday Club. If, yesterday was Forever Blue, Ian Cheeseman. Paul Lake, it was a mint show. Obviously, just getting stuck into the result that was on the weekend. Keith um, Curl was good. Keith Curl Sean was Macken. really good. Uh, so you can also listen to that on the podcast. Uh, the Full-Time Devils Takeover, which is Manchester United phoning. Uh, that's happening tomorrow, 6 till 7. I'm sure we'll have a quiet show. Uh, and then Friday, Natalie Pike is back uh, with her final show because she's taking over Sophie on breakfast. Uh, so uh, uh, she'll be doing the final show for, for six weeks and then uh, Sophie will be back and Natalie will be back on the football social on a Friday. Uh, gents, let's talk about Champions League. The fun begins. Uh, Ian's got his uh, world map and he's just looking at Europe, he's throwing darts and just hoping for the best. Yeah. Um, is there anyone, Ian, obviously you take it as an experience because you will go do vlogs um, at all these different grounds. It took him 22 minutes. No, it to took you. It took it? you longer. <laughs> is there anywhere? Is there anywhere in particular you want to go? You want to visit? You yeah. want to uh, get to this year? It's very predictable because people, some people anyway, will know that my second team um, is Schalke, the German team. So I would love City will be in pot one. I think Schalke are in pot two. They're certainly not in pot one anyway. So they can be drawn together. I'd love it to be them uh, because then I get to go and watch my second team play my first team and hopefully they both qualify from the group. Apart from that, um, I'd rather not um, go Moscow or somewhere that far away or Donetsk or whatever like last year. Rather it was somewhere a bit closer to home, a little bit cheaper to get to and also somewhere perhaps I haven't been before. So uh, a club that City haven't played in Europe so far in the in recent years so that, that's all i'm hoping for as 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 a pot one team in it, they should be good enough to progress whatever the pot is that they're drawn in alex for, for you united <sighs> don't know <laughs> I don't like, I, inside, Alex. I just well to be honest I'd be I'd just be happy to get a ticket for burnley on sunday but um, <laughs> alex out i i how important know. is the Champions League then? Last year, vastly, hey, it's becoming more important. Burnley are in Europe, so if you get to Burnley, it's like being in Europe. You'll be over to Europe. If, 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 you know, last year there was such a big turning point in United's season against Seville, where it just yeah, didn't yeah. turn. Yeah, they just absolutely. And even Jose made that that press conference. What is the chances of United doing anything in this in this Champions League? As much as it's been, but then it, good, but you mentioned obviously how, how poor the how poor the defenders are. They, the, defender, totally the defenders are poor, but actually the def, the def, Windelhof, for instance, would suit suits European football much better than Premier uh, Premier League football. I just hope we can put a decent run together. So by the time the Champions League phases start, like Liverpool did last year, Liverpool never looked like they'd do anything in the Premier League. But and they could solely focus on that, and hopefully will like start to recover. But you know, a couple of draws in the next the next two games, the league's totally gone. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, I mean so, that's, that's a scary so, thought, isn't it? You know, I would I would not be averse to uh, going all out in the Champions League. And as for who you play, I I think it's one of those every year when we've done well in in that competition. I think we got to three finals in four years mm-hmm. and stuff. We always played the bigger sides, so. Um, I think having a strong group in a, in a strange way helps you because it sets the tone better. Because you go, right, we've got to go to Barcelona away. Mm-hmm. We've got to go to Munich, or Munich away or you know wherever. 
Ian, a lot of say or in the media is that, you know, this is the big one. And I kind of feel the Amazon documentary, although it was seven uh, episodes long, it could have been nine or t- eight, 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 is it? Could have been nine or ten with a, a better Champions League run. How big is the Champions League for City this year? So many people, you know, are saying this is the one they want, this is the one they need, etc. Is it the case or is that just the media putting the pressure on City to win that? I think, yeah, I think that's certainly from within the club and the owners. I think that is absolutely what they want because they want to grow the, the you know, the the... the Brand, the brand, and all these horrible words that they, that people use, but that's what they want to do. And obviously, winning the Champions League puts you on the map. As fans in Manchester, and as a fan who's been going for a long time, you always start with the Premier League is my priority. I want to win the Premier League, the one that's measured over thirty-eight games against the teams in this country. And I still feel that way. But also, I've seen City win the league. I've seen City win the FA Cup. I've seen City win the League Cup. I've seen City win the Charity Shield. The only thing I've not seen them win is a Champions League. So me personally, that is a dream of mine to see them win the Champions League. So I can't deny that that is right at the top of my priorities. But a cup competition is, by its nature, um, a one-off. I mean, I know it's two legs, you know, but it's a one-off competition. Um, you can have an injury. You could get all the way through to the quarterfinals, and then two key players can be injured, and that can scupper because the the margins are so close at that stage. Whereas in a league, you can lose two key players for two months and still win the league. So it's it's a lot harder in that sense to win a cup competition, but. Uh, I guess perhaps yeah. Alex will tell Don't. me because he's 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 actually had that experience to actually win the European Cup. Your team must be amazing. It's amazing, but currently, if you gave me the choice three weeks ago, what do you want? I'd have said Premier League because we need to. That's getting five years now. We need to get too that long. back, and um, then you win the league, and then you prove it and win the Champions <clears throat> League the year or two after. We're going to throw focus to uh, the weekend's games. Uh, by the way, if you're uh, not United City fan and you just um, and you listen to the Wednesday Club, but you support a team that United City are coming up against, why don't you give us a call uh, and have a chat, and uh, and you can come and do what Raul's done. He's a Newcastle City fan. You're right, Raul. Newcastle United. Newcastle United. Hello, so, so it says Newcastle and City on my. Uh, Oh my, I don't know why James is putting Newcastle that play City, don't they, at weekend? Yes, Newcastle and City. Uh, Raul, hey, Raul. you're through to the uh, Wednesday club. I'm fan that has two teams. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're one of them. Are you good? I'm very good yourself. I'm very well, mate. Newcastle uh, United against City on a weekend. Um, it's a it's a big one. I'm um, not really. For, for Maybe for Newcastle, uh, the, the season started a bit ropey. How are you feeling? Uh, about the season in general, uh, I think the first three games have been like the first three were last year. Uh, I don't think we've play, pay, played particularly bad in any of them. Just that lack of quality is showing there, especially when you know you know your investment's gone on House of Fraser. <laughs> uh, for, for you, then City coming, uh, City playing City, it's a big. Big old game. They won up three points. They walk all over teams at a minute. But do you see what Wolves did on the weekend? Do you think uh, Benitez takes any notes from that and, and it will translate into the game, uh, obviously, on the weekend? I think it will. I think uh, Wolves did very well to hold them to 1-1. Uh, and Benitez, he naturally packs his formations quite tightly and it's quite hard to break his defences down. But I think now that even those three games in, City fifth, City are going to need that win more than we're going to have the quality to outlast them, I'm afraid. 
Newcastle for you then, Ian. Uh, you know, they're a team that chipped up United last season um, with that 1-0. Uh, Was it just 1-0? So are Brighton, so are others. <laughs> so right, yeah. they've all got ticks on the boxes. Um, when you go up against teams, Ian, like the Newcastles, etc., uh, do you think that Pep just puts as much time into these games as he would going up against Arsenal, Chelsea? Absolutely. He knew what to expect last year at Newcastle um, and even in a home game. Uh, obviously, if, 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 if you were there, um, then you will have seen this yourself. But Newcastle seemed to be adamant that they were going to draw that game nil-nil. Uh, and City found it very tough to break Newcastle down. And that was at St James's Park. Uh, they'll almost certainly do the same, I would have thought, at the Etihad uh, this, this Saturday evening. So um, I, I imagine it'll be a tough game. But one of the reasons why Riyad Mahrez was signed, for example was because he was seen as one of those types of players who can unlock a sort of blanket defence type of attitude. That said, Riyad Mahrez hasn't really started particularly well or certainly in, in the way that we expected him to in a City shirt. But all I'm saying is that I think Pep is well aware of teams coming and parking the bus and City having to try to find a way through. If they can get an early goal, then it's a completely different game. But if Newcastle can, can get to 60 minutes still at nil-nil, you can start to get frustrated. You might even nick a goal. Who knows? Anything can happen. That's why we love football, isn't it? Indeed. Well, for you, uh, for Newcastle, what is your expectations this season? Have any changes this start? Or uh, do you still think maybe a mid-table pushing up a bit? Uh, I think we'll survive. I don't think we'll push up. I think we'll survive a little bit lower than last season. So we're 10th last season. I still think Rafa's genius is going to uh, keep us in the Premier League. I think we'll probably be about 12th, 13th. I think you already starting to see cracks in terms of just like, I don't know if you saw the, the lineups last weekend and the fact that Jamal Lascelles and John Joe Shelby were left off of the team. How can you leave Shelby squad. out? How can you leave him out? Mm. Apparently, well, you know, the, the the standard press release was it was injuries, but um, the rumor mill is going round that they've had a fallout as well. John John Jamal with Rafa, and I think you are just starting to see a lot of anger in the club entirely, from the fans through to the players through to the manager itself. And the owner is nowhere to be seen. So I reckon we're just about going to hold on to safety somewhere between 11th and 15th. Well, I hope you do because I, I like. I've always been a fan yeah. of Newcastle, and uh, it's a good place uh, to go. It's one fans. of the best places to yeah. go, Newcastle in England. Well, thank you very much for your time. Can you get a little score prediction from you then? For Man City, Newcastle. <laughs> Saturday, I'd say 3-1 City. Oh, 3 one City, not back in your team. But you know what? Maybe it, is, it could be a realistic scoreline, 3-1 uh, City. Do uh, you think United will beat Newcastle this year? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. By the time it comes around in a couple of months, we'll be firing on all cylinders. And what, then yeah. January, two new centre-halves arrive. Exactly. Be absolutely fine. All gravy. Uh, let's talk about the FA now, who have uh, sort of lent their hands, so to speak, of what people are saying on, on online to safe standing in stadiums. Um, this is something that the government are, are reviewing at the moment. Uh, apparently, the conclusion is expected by the end of 2018, but there's a lot of other stuff going on in uh, in the world, and I don't know if safe standing is their priority at the minute. Um, but it should the, be the FA's priority. It should be one. Well, the know. FA have come out and said they do back it. They do back the idea of it. But I do not know if they've. I don't know personally if they've got the final say in it. I just think they have to give their support to the, you know, so evidence. Mm. That, and then the government have the final say. 
But it is a nice step forward for some fans who do want to see this in. Um, for you, Alex and Ian, is this something that would, would affect you? I know, Ian, you spend some time in the press area, but do you think safe standing is, for the fans is what's wanted? For me, it's a no-brainer. People want to stand. People already stand, stand at games. Stand right, Europe. What is the problem? Just bring it in and, and you know... What happened at Hillsborough, what happened at other disasters in the past was terrible. But whatever the rights and wrongs of those incidents, they weren't caused by standing per se. They were, sta- they were caused by other issues. I don't think the standing has been the problem. So return standing, yes, the right numbers of people in controlled environments, yes. That's what people want to do. It's, Give the people what they want. It's really amazing for me to think that my son has never been to like a top flight game anyway, where he's been allowed to stand. And it, the atmosphere change is incredible. You enjoy the match so much more. And also it's a lot safer because let's face it, half the time everyone around you is standing anyway. And if a goal goes in, everybody piles forward and you end up falling over seats. Um, Which can be more dangerous. It can be really way. dangerous, yeah, and it's it's just time. It is time now. It's been it's 30 I mean, years nearly since. I can birth. certainly remember, uh, you know, as a young lad standing at Wembley behind the goal and actually being quite frightened because of the number of people that were around me yeah, crushing yeah. me, as, as a, especially as a boy. So that has got to stop. Well, also but the, that's not what we're talking there about, There were huge it? cages. You were caged in, yeah. and the cages used to come back, so you couldn't... We could climb up them to see when you were little... Um, and, but you couldn't get up past it because you had to almost quite like Spider-Man going backwards on yourself. And then you'd have like a barrier and then you'd have something like eight rows in front of you with nothing and then another barrier and then, you know, goal goes in, everyone flies forward. Cause, yeah, because I wasn't, obviously, don't really remember that. When What was the transition like from say, from standing to seating? Did instant. it happen at, sort of overnight? Yeah, it, was in, in. it was instant and basically football grounds shut entire like the Stratford end was closed for like a season um, and just bits of the ground all, all went to all seating. And then all, the other thing that happened as well, it suddenly went, how much is it to get in Old Trafford? Six quid. How much is it now? Fifteen quid. And, you know, in the Good cheapest question. areas, this is 20. Yeah. Will yeah. it be the other way then? Do you think there'll be a lot of disruption? No, will it? Will it? No. That's the best one Joe's done for no. us. Yeah. Prices are going to come down, Joe. No. No, no I'm no, talking about, it, it, I'm it talking about the, the actual, you know, the ground shutting off. You know, the, the no, standing moving in. See, things have improved. You can whip the seats out in yeah, five minutes. Yeah, things so have improved. It won't be like Shepherd and no, they'll, for a season. They'll fix, they could fix that in a summer. But then, you know, there might be other problems with, um, I mean, transport's terrible as it is. So you add another 15,000 in Old Trafford, for instance, you know, that East Didsbury tram when they sent two, <laughs> ah, two carriages. Yeah, but actually, safe. if they're talking about the safe standing that's at Celtic, for example, because yeah. they have the safe standing, as I understand it, it'll be exactly the same number of people wow. as it would be if it was a seated area. It's just that they'd have this rail seating instead of actual seats. So I don't think there's any going to be any more people going in. And I, now that that's the reason why I was laughing so hysterically when Joe came up with this. <laughs> yeah. When I thought he was talking about the prices <laughs> no. dropping. Because it'll still that be the same funny. number of people if they go for that model of safe standing. Now, in Germany, at the Bundesliga, they don't have that model. Well, they certainly don't at Schalke, where I, where I go along to. And it is an old-fashioned terrace with crash barriers, just like it used to be. But it's controlled, and it's a, there's only a certain number of people. So they don't have those issues with the crushing. If they do it in this country, it feels to me as it's 
got to be because of the the history and what's happened in the past. Yeah, probably. The Celtic version, which is one per seat and rail seating. I tell you what, though, if you've never, if you maybe under the age of twenty five and you've never seen it, it will change football again so much. The atmosphere will be a lot. The atmosphere just, and also you can presumably then reapply and get with your friends again, correct? As opposed to like, oh look, there's like my brother. And he's in a different stand than me. And the other way of looking at it is if you, and this this particularly applies if you go away from home, you know, um, if you if you go and you think, right, I'll buy a seat for an away game, and then you get there and you find out you never actually sit in it. Mm-hmm. And and then if you're, if you're a woman or if you're a small person, man or woman, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and the reason I singled out woman is because I'm assuming that generally they're a little bit shorter, not, not for, a, you know, a gender reason, but if you're a bit shorter... Then you go. I can't see. You can't, I can't see, see anything. You can't take your kids to a game now. If you if you bring in safe standing, everybody knows that that's a standing area, and you can, in theory, then say to the people in the seated area, sit down, yeah, and actually administer that. And you also used to be rewarded for going in early as well. So if you like, when I used to go with my granddad, he'd have us like Old Trafford at five past twelve, and the <laughs> gates even open till one. What did you get rewarded? <laughs> <laughs> but like a minute past one, you go in, you go exactly where you want to go. Really? Yeah, yeah, that's, Mad. that's what's Well, great. they won't do that with the safe. Nah, this, this not rail you'll get a you numbered place as well. Oh, who knows? Well, well, uh, as it breaks, and if it does break whilst we're still in there, we'll let you know, uh, obviously, the Wednesday Club. Uh, we're going to be speaking to Cheadle Heath Nomads after this, uh, and they're our team of the week Where on the Wednesday from? Club. Cheadle Heath. Oh, right. Sorry. <laughs> what do you mean? Where did Cheadle Heath Nomads that, from? Cheadle Heath Nomads <laughs> happen to be from Cheadle Heath, and we'll be catching up with them right after this. This is the Manchester Football Social, the Wednesday Club. Good evening. The final section of the Wednesday Club, hasn't it gone so quick? Long. Oh, sorry, it's what? It's flown. flown by. It is flown by. Make sure you get the podcast. If you missed any of it, coming up in this section, talking about Yaya Torre, the greatest free kicks you've ever seen, as well as our predictions as well. Uh, but now we've got our team of the week on. It is Cheadle Heath Nomads, and George should be on the line. George, you okay, mate? I'm here, Joe, yeah. Oh, he's in loud and clear. Are you doing your warm-ups? Ready for this? <laughs> The yeah, floor is yours. Um, George, thank you very much for, for uh, spending your time with us uh, this evening. We won't keep you for long. We just want to sort of um, uh, shine a light on, on clubs around Manchester that obviously aren't the big millionaire clubs like City and, and United. Um, yeah. But teams like yourself, should leave nomads that do bits uh, for their um, community, etc. Uh, and, and, you know, just sort of spread the word. So tell us then, George, about your relationship with She Leave Nomads, uh, how long you've been going for, and whereabouts are based. Okay, thanks for that, Joe. Yeah, She Leave Nomads. Uh, we're on the border of She Leave in Stockport, just off Roscoe's Roundabout. For those uh, ones that yeah, know I know it, I know it well. Way. Yeah, we're about a mile from Edgeley Park. Um, the the uh, club itself's been going from about 1919. Used to play a number of sports on there: cricket, tennis, and and hockey. Uh, but now we play solely football. We uh, two two open age teams. Uh, the first team's in the Hallmark Security Football League, or as most people call it, the Northwest Counties. We're in Division One South. We've only just gone in that league. Uh, up to now, we've played six, one, three, lost three. So it's. Uh, 50-50 at the moment. Uh, the reserves play in the Cheshire Football League, Division 2. Uh, again, all in and around the Cheshire area. Um, the club's solely run by volunteers. Uh, we rely on sponsorships, grants, uh, 
fundraising events and anything we can get our hands on, basically. Yeah, uh, and what, oh, go, on, go on, sorry. Go on, sorry, Josh. I'm just going to say it's a community club, uh, you know. Uh, we've obviously got a bar. You know, in what club hasn't got a bar? You can't survive <laughs> without a bar these days. Uh, you know, so we get there at 10 o'clock on a Saturday morning. It takes us all time to set up for a 3 o'clock kickoff. The whistle goes at 10 to 5, and we're all in the bar at 10 past. So, you can, <laughs> so you get, get yourself the down there. Yeah, um, we don't... We're grassroots, you know. We don't we don't forget the grassroots, and it's all down to the people in and around the club that that put the graft in, Joe. To be honest. Perfect, George. And uh, speaking of that, is there if people want to get in touch with you, George, is Twitter the best way or Facebook page? Yeah, you can get in touch with the club on Twitter or Facebook. Yeah, or you can ring the club direct. The club goes on the Chidley Sports Club. But people, you know, we're welcome to come down. We have lots of families coming down. We've got a massive area. For the kids to play about on we've, we've got a, an astroturf we've got another pitch another grass pitch and you know it's, it's truly a family club and you know we as i say it's our first year in semi-pro football even though we've been going for all that length of time um the massive step up you know we've now to install floodlights and new barriers and stands and all sorts of things like that so we are a progressive club because you know football's in in the main especially sunday football it seems to be dying but you know we're one of those clubs that wants to keep it going forever and ever so we're working hard in that direction george thank you very much for that mate uh pleasure no make sure you go check them out on twitter as well we'll give george. you a big plug good luck george and all the best for this season mate cheers joe before i go mate can i just tell you my favorite free kick yes please uh willie carr and uh oh, what a goal that the was. Guy's name, hunt, ernie hunt. hunt ernie hunt for coventry yeah, That's my best free kick of all time. Oh, mega perfect. <laughs> well, you've set off nicely, George, because thank you very much, George, for that. Can I just describe that one for anybody? Yeah, go on, go on. George, stay with us for a second. So He's, Ernie Hunt had the ball between his, his feet. Um, yeah. I'm oh, so he stood up. Move your mic up, move your mic up. You can, you can watch it on, the, on the, 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 the video version of this. And he had the ball between his feet and he flicked it up like that behind him the ball went up in the air and then Willie Carr bollied it in for Coventry yeah. this that was the goal wasn't it Yes, that's the one. I think it's illegal now, I mean, it is. Oh, is it illegal? Can't do it now, no. <laughs> George, thank you very much, George. Uh, so let's move on to yours then, Alex. Your best free kick. Let's get it out there. Uh, I feel like we're doing this week on week. We're going to do your best there, the best penalty, etc., nice. etc. Cetera, et cetera. So, United, United, best United kick. one. Or we best. It doesn't. It has to be. Anything, anything you want. I suppose it's really hard to look behind that Old Trafford Beckham for England in about the third minute of injury time to qualify uh, when he scored yep. against Greece. Uh, just everything leading up to that moment, what had happened before, when he'd been sent off with Argentina and the fact he'd been made captain and the fact in, an average England side um, looked like they wouldn't be getting to that final and he dragged them through in that tie and it was just like one of those it's like a Roy of the Rovers style performance mm -hmm. that was and it was top corner as well in the Stratford end from about 35 yards Ian yourself I'm going to pick three although I'm also going to say Yaya Torre scored some great free kicks because we're talking about him anyway <laughs> hey, you're just taking everything up here absolutely no so uh, uh, Rivellino scored a brilliant one for Brazil back in the day there was also Roberto Carlos. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah Jamie that. said that one as well on Twitter. That was but in a friendly, though, I think. It was. I well, think it that was, was that, in a friendly. That, that tournament they do the year before the World Cup, which is sort of, is it a friendly or is it a tournament? But anyway, yeah, it's that one. Uh, it was in the summer. Uh, I think it might have been against France, actually. But no, for me, uh, the best free kick I've seen in the flesh, and that's how I'd define my favourite free kick, Michael Tarnat for City against Blackburn Rovers circa 2000-2003. 
I can't remember if it was 2002 or 2003, but a free kick, a bit like the Roberto Carlos, which bent. Uh, it was going like towards the goalkeeper and then bent really wide to the left-hand side. Brilliant free kick. Never forget that. Oh, Real blimey. power in it. Make sure you Google YouTube yeah, these. Yeah, on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, Russell said, obviously he mentioned uh, Carlos. Uh, he said, uh, Ronaldo against Portsmouth. Do you remember that one? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Portsmouth. Cracker, yeah. That was cracker. One for you, Ian. Alano against Newcastle. Oh, Alano hit some good free kick. <laughs> Do you know yeah, what? Yeah. There's one thing I remember about Alano. He scored some mad free yeah. kicks. Brazilian I remember again. Denny serving at... Um, Anfield to make it 3-0 and it was just absolute bedlam and then that match finished 3-3. It was just, you know, ridiculous what a game that was. It is. Uh, we're going De Bruyne under the wall. Was that a Brighton? Where was that? Somewhere like yeah, that? and they jumped and he went right yeah, under the wall. That was great. Ronaldinho did one like that for um, Barcelona or Brazil, can't remember which. Do you think United are missing a good free kick taker? They yes. seem to have always had one. Yeah, well, they seem to have always had one for until about seven years ago. And then it just And then it just fizzled out. Um, yes, they definitely... They need someone first who can take corners. That would be <laughs> the most basic. If Ashley Young doesn't play, there's going to be like... You've got to have zero chances from corners. I hear uh, Phil Jones takes a good free <laughs> kick. Do you know what he did for England? He should never play again. What is going He's on? He's never playing just again. Just come join us on the Wednesday club, Phil. Just, we've got a seat here for you. Uh, let's talk quickly about Yaya Torre. Um, before we've only got three minutes left, uh, but his agent was causing a, a bit of a stir on Twitter. It was a good laugh on Twitter yesterday. His agent tweeted this three fire emojis, and then he put Tore, and then he added him, at Yaya Tore. Make your mind up which one you want to do. As past a medical in London, Yaya is close to signing a new contract, which gets you all in a bit of a stir, doesn't it? Who's he going to go to? Late Norian. Yeah, PPR. late Norian. And then, he, and then he tweeted, it's not West Ham, 100%. Yaya is a champion. The last place is not for him. Oh, so he's causing a bit more of a stir there as well. Uh, it's not Crystal Palace, he said, uh, until it was revealed that he is linked with... Olympiacos. Olympiacos. Now, it is being linked. I don't know if anything's signed on it yet. I tried to just get um, the latest on it. The latest is saying that's the heavy link. That's where he's going. Nothing is signed on yet. But um, I just thought it was funny. The, he, he was going to move to a top four club, yeah, wasn't absolutely. he? Absolutely. He will be he, going. He'll play for nothing. For a top <laughs> four yeah, club. For nothing. And we speculated last year it might be Burnley or someone like that because I mean, he wanted to stay in the northwest. I don't want to drive the fella. I, I'm a huge fan of Yaya Toure, but unfortunately him and his agent have said the wrong things in, in recent months, which yeah. is... is you know, upset a lot of City fans, you know, after the send-off that he got and a pitch named after him and all sorts of stuff. And if you watch that documentary, you know, great tribute to from from the chairman. And so they feel very let down by that. So yeah. he's become well, almost a bit of a To be a fair, City character. started it when they didn't send him a birthday cake three <laughs> years ago. And, and they'll never... <laughs> so never when's your that birthday, time? Alex? <laughs> November 13th. <laughs> Two oh, days after the derby. I must it remember was, to forget. It was <laughs> Steve's birthday soon, wasn't it? It was Steve's birthday last week. Steve Shanyaski. Did we forget that as well? Oh, it's Brilliant. Coming up. Is it coming up? Oh. I don't know. Basically, we've got two birthdays in quite a quick succession between you and Steve. So we'll make well, sure we'll we have a shared cake and we'll yeah, carry okay. it over for the next week. <laughs> <laughs> Leave a bit in the fridge. Right, gents. I have to say that Ian won again this week with the uh, goals guessing. We got rid of cards, Alex, last week because it was dead hard for you yeah, to count. Yeah, it's too many to count. So the goals, Ian won again. So it's 3 uh, 0. What are you going for? Yeah, it is three. No, Why don't you ask that. Ian first? 32. <laughs> How does it work if you're near... Closest can... to it. Right, OK, I'll go 33. <laughs> <laughs> What's Steve going? 34? Uh, Steve's that would really go... isolate no, no, him. No, Steve, Steve will go 32. 
And that way, he's going to be 33 or else you can't win. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, the Reds are doing this to try to beat you out. No, even though Steve knows your two uh, predictions, he'd probably still go about 67 uh, and be completely <laughs> yeah. wrong. Um, thank you very much, gents, for being here My with pleasure. us. Uh, it was a brilliant show. Um, Shell Zenner is up next, a lovely Shell. She's got music from Blossoms, Cast, Coldplay, and much, much more. Uh, we'll see you next Wednesday. Uh, goodbye. Say goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye, 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 bye. everybody. Respect. Respect. Respect, man. Respect. 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 Access, man.